and welcome to the Big Talk Small Vertical Podcast. I'm Dallin. I'm Bryce. And we have on the phone right now one Benjamin Harold Frederick. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Welcome to the show, Ben. Today's episode, there are no weekly awards. There are no Ricky Ladders or Spotlights. We are breaking down the recent trade, the recent trades that have swept the big ego small vertical nation. Uh, so without further ado. Let's begin the show by starting it. And we, uh, when we did those surveys, somebody said, oh, when there's a trade, you should have the people who made the trade come on the show and talk about the trade. Who was that? I don't know. It was anonymous. Oh, but then unanonymously, Benson made I the think same it was, comment. I too. think it was Benson, and he's the one who refused to come on the show. <laughs> but anyway, we, we we've got Ben to talk about Ben's trade, which is impressive because looking at it, I think Ben's trade is completely meaningless. <laughs> but he's here anyway. So you want to walk us through your thought process on this trade? Why is this a useful trade for you? Oh, this we, is... we, we should read out. Desert Storm sends Kelly Olenek to the Rainbow Riders for John Wall. Okay, so in my point of view, Kelly Olenek was definitely like, I was getting ready to drop him. He was on borrowed time. Uh, he had a great run for me. I mean, I think he was one of the main contributors in my playoff run. So he definitely had a spot. And I debated keeping him simply because of that. But at the same time, when you look at the career of this man, like there's no way he's ever going to be ranked that high again, in my thought. But then again, John Wall, I think he's going to get a buyout from Houston, and he could end up in a spot where he is asked to do more, and he's not on such a minutes restriction. I think that second year coming back is significantly different than that first year coming back happened with Gordon Hayward, happened with Paul George, and I feel like he may be on that same thing where his second year back, he's like a really good player again. Could be. I, I think that it's a, a gamble maybe worth taking. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that it was ever like, I mean, it was Kelly Olynyk who was a pickup and who I was going to drop, so I might as well take a flyer on John Wall, who has been a proven all-star in this league mm. for, you know, one more offseason. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like you're selling high on Kelly Olenek, but you sold high, like, for John Wall, who's who's useless. He was 30 years old. Last year was actually his highest career usage rate at 31.7. Like, the only way that John Wall could have a higher usage rate next year is if a team was trying to not only tank, but set the record for the worst team ever. I mean, he was he was ranked number 147 last year per game, and substantially worse than that in totals, I'm sure, because... because but do you missed... think that he was fully healed? I think that he's never going to be fully healed. He was two four, ranked 240. The difference between John Wall and um, the guys you had mentioned is those guys were coming off like... Like, Paul George was coming off a broken leg. That's no problem. You can do that. Um, Gordon Hayward was coming off like a broken ankle. That's fine. John Wall's coming off a torn Achilles. That's like the worst injury in the NBA. And okay, also, but you John would Wall's say recently when you look at the best players that come back from these Achilles, you look at Kevin Durant. He seems to be pretty healthy. 
Kevin Durant is, it looks to be okay. But A, he tore his Achilles more recently than John Wall and still like like he's way better than John Wall. Yeah. He was never oh, yeah. he was never like built around his athleticism and quickness and John Wall is. I mean, I'm not killing you for the trade. I think my my stance is like you both had a flaming bag of poo and thought, man, what could I trade this for? And the answer was a flaming bag of poo. <laughs> so I expect uh, both of these players will be dropped within the first month of the season. Who has a higher probability you know, of being dropped, though? If one gets ro- stays rostered and one gets dropped. I mean, I would drop either of them right now, today. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would change the rules of the league to open up a one-day drop period just to drop one of those guys. And in my opinion, I think it's worth holding on to John Wall and just seeing what you got. Yeah, I mean, what, whatever. What's it? What's it hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, when you now think of the overall trade that I did with him in the first place, with um, Bram in the first place, does it not make my trade look better? I don't remember the details of the first trade. So it, it would. It was. Beal and Levert for Ingram and Wall. So now basically I got Beal and Levert for Ingram. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it really changes that trade. That trade, I think, was a good trade, but it, it stands separate. Like this one, it's still Wall for, you know, what, whatever. Uh, hold on, we might be missing a key opportunity to make Bram look worse, and I think that's something we really <laughs> should... Wow. Think twice about. As as a member of the media, I stay impartial with these things. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna pile on poor Brammy. No. You know, you're right on that, uh, Bryce. Where so, and sometimes I catch myself doing this, where I'm like, I can afford to take a little bit here because I won so well on this trade. It really just kind of makes it look like I'm getting this now. Like uh, house money. As soon as as soon as you win the house's money, it's your money, and you need to treat it as such. Yeah, and I, I found myself sometimes not doing that. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like I've been too dismissive. Once again, I, I just I just don't think it matters. Yeah. I can see both. Yeah, I, and I, I guess if you, and I don't know what exactly your team build is, if you were punting field goal percentage, I think John Wall could be useful until he starts missing games. And so, if you're punting free or field goal percentage, mm. um, I think you you know John Wall's useful, and maybe he's only useful for a month or two, but he's he's probably useful. Kelly Olynyk, I don't know. I mean, I think Kelly Olynyk, we've seen the best of whatever Kelly Olynyk <laughs> have and, or ever will offer in the last. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see Kelly Olynyk playing for a team that is blatant now, like they're not going to blatantly try to tank from now, game one now in the uh in the defense of bram here uh which i don't go to very often i think that we've also seen the very best of whatever john wall ever has to offer um but i think that a dumbed down version of john wall in the right team build could be useful um kelly olenek this year was ranked number 64 in 28 minutes a game and i don't know that he's ever going to play 28 minutes a game again Probably won't. Probably shouldn't. But at least not for the first half of the season. Maybe the dude was like getting triple doubles left and right. Like at the end, yeah, he was doing really well. And it's so but, stupid. But you have to think of the team. He was on yeah. the Rockets, who were like truly blatantly trying to collapse. The future so, of the Rockets is Kevin Jun- Kenyon Jr. Martin Jr. 
<laughs> current member of the East Mason Trinity. Uh, no, the future of the Houston Rockets is Kate Cunningham, who, or, or whoever they end up getting. Um, I, I will say this is like one of the differences between fantasy basketball and real basketball. Like, if I were a winning team, I would be happy to have Kelly Olynyk on my team playing twenty minutes a game. That's probably where he belongs in the NBA. Whereas John Wall like belongs to 20 minutes. scoring a lot of points for a terrible team, mm-hmm. and that's more valuable for fantasy. Or you that's kind of what I'm hoping happens. Uh, but that being said, he seems like he would be a great fit on a team like the Goats. John Wall. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's he's punting field goal percentage. John Wall punts field goal percentage. He's yeah. Really, whoever he's really has Westbrook. John Wall himself punts free through field goal. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I make these or not. I'm just shooting them. Yeah, we're, we're just we're just here to have a good time. It, it really comes down to if you have Westbrook on your team, John Wall is like the perfect companion. John Wall was literally the the second worst field goal percentage player last year. After Russell Westbrook, um, Fred Van Vliet actually. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, Russell Westbrook was like twentieth worst. Uh, it's still pretty bad, it's but still you pretty, know what? Yeah. It's a problem. Uh, John Wall just has to get his legs underneath him to get that shot back. <laughs> the question is, will he? No, he won't. <laughs> That's the bet I'm willing to try. All right. Well, any uh, any other comments here on uh, on on either your trade or another trade that has happened recently before we uh, end end our end our con- conversation? Can I uh, just talk about one thing? It has nothing to do with the trade, but. The play-in game for the fantasy. I mentioned that it didn't get any. What if we ended the season two weeks early and we did a playing game? Just stewed over Bryce. I don't uh, know how we would do. A, that. I don't know that that's an option. B, I'm not. The reason that I kind I kind of like the playing game for the NBA, but the reason I like it is it because it encourages teams to try and win all the way through, and I don't feel like we necessarily are missing that in our league. Because you're, you're, you'd be incentivizing any one team to try for one week, not for, like, a season. Yeah. Brandon, yeah, cause like, Brandon like, like, the may problem, have won it all. The problem with the NBA is teams just take their players and they sit them on the bench so that they're healthy for the playoffs. Nobody does that in fantasy. That doesn't make any sense. So I, I, I think Kelly it fixes Olenek. a problem that doesn't <laughs> exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kelly Olynyk helped me get to where I got because – Teams were still sitting players, though. So Kelly Olynyk giveth and Kyle Lowry taketh away. Yeah, man, never forgive him. He's on. He's on. He's for sale, boys. Still on the trading block, huh? <laughs> uh, what do you, any any one player? Well, I shouldn't say any one player. Could just say yeah, Lamelo Ball. But as in, maybe there's maybe there's a trade to be had where I end up with Kyle Lowry and see what I can get for him. But then I probably turn into Benson and just. Yes, you definitely will. Because I don't want Kyle Lowry and everybody. No, else no, it. no one has been shopped harder over the last year and a half, two years than Kyle Lowry. That's you true. know what, Kyle Lowry though is like, if you're looking to get into the playoffs, the dude is so great. He helps. Yeah, way to try to it, sell him for your for your own benefit. There, and right? I would definitely shop him to teams that were looking to get in the playoffs and then lose once they're there. <laughs> but, uh, that's really your target market, there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Help your competitors be, uh, lose to you in the, in the playoffs. That would be awesome. Well, well, some players need. Some teams need to get into the playoffs. Brandon. <coughs> Brandon, what do you want for Kyle Lowry? I don't know. A player like Kyle Lowry might help Brandon make the push. Yeah, it might. I think it would. 
I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> almost. It'll it'll be interesting to see where he ends up vague, in free agents. That's the most vague hogwash <laughs> statement I've ever heard. Uh, all right. Uh, well, thank you for coming on, Ben. We appreciate your time. Uh, we don't, you know, we know you have a busy life, so. Right, smooth sailing, fellas. Thanks for the call. You there too. Is no shame in being a coward. Coward? Not a coward. Would a coward have been... Oh. So. Who's next on the on the on the discussion? Oh, Bram. Do you want to give Bram a call? Give Bram a call? Yeah. Is he expecting it? He is expecting a phone call. Call Bram Goodman on speaker. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be on. <laughs> uh, so we just got done talking to Ben Frederick, and he gave us a very compelling argument as to why this was a really good trade for him. Tell us why Kelly Olenek is better than John Wall. Uh, well, I guess you can just look at their rankings from last year. That's a pretty easy way. Um, now do you want to talk about more meaningful trades? <laughs> but, no, I, I have a question. I should have asked Ben this, but um, you just traded for Kelly Olynyk. Do you plan on dropping him before the season starts? It's not my plan, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, just in case. Because he's in a contract year, so well, you got I don't to- know. You got two draft picks. Is there two players on your roster you like less than Kelly Olynyk? Well, I have three draft picks. Oh. And he just traded for number 13. Oh. So we'll, we'll talk about that I later. To ben yeah. So don't feel bad about not noticing him because we'll, we'll um, talk about him later. All right. Uh, but, yeah, there are – I right now I plan on keeping Kelly Olynyk, but I wouldn't be surprised or – it wouldn't be unexpected if I dropped him mm-hmm. before the draft. Um, why I like the deal for me. Um, I don't know, John Wall, he's got big name value and he put up good stats last year, but he still missed a bunch of time and he was ranked, let's see, 147 on the year. Per game, substantially worth 240 total. Sorry, what's that? 147 uh, per game, and then 240-something totals. Oh, because he missed a bunch of time. Yeah. Yeah, and and another thing was, of course, like I have a center deficiency on my team, so that played into it. Getting a win, it gives me some depth there, which I needed. And presumably I'll be drafting two guards in the draft, so... Getting rid of a, a guard that isn't that good now for a center, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, my take on it was that it doesn't matter at all because both players are going to get dropped. Well, there you go. It's very possible. I mean, 
it wasn't the most exciting trade. It didn't take either of us long to pull the trigger on it, so. No, it wasn't the most exciting trade, but I think it was the least exciting trade. And in some way, that is it's something exciting. Impressive. Now, let's talk about more <laughs> exciting trades. Uh, then I guess I could just kind of direct the conversation here because there was a trade between you two. There was. Well, do, is that the we next one? Talk, well, we could talk about that, or we could talk about his trade with the flock, like build up to the bigger. And trade. and we have a thought. We have at least a text message from. We Brent do Benson. have. Yeah, so let's hit that one since that's the less interesting one first. Brand, it was Brandon Clark for number 13. And, and Al Horford. And Al Horford. So uh, another center. Uh, you got Kelly Olenek and then Al Horford. Uh, while Bryce pulls up Benson's... Are you ready to read? Do you want to start with Benson's comment? Yeah, I can re- read that. Um, he says, I'm happy to get Brandon Clark. I flipped Horford and, thir- and the 13. I got to acquire the young small forward. He's shown flashes in the past, and I hope that he takes a leap heading into year three. In my opinion, I didn't have to give a whole lot for him. Horford is in a hazy situation, and pick 13 is a lottery ticket with way below average odds. Hey, Grande. Nice roast there. What's his name? Oh, well, this is little Jerry Seinfeld. Um... Bram, you have a hot take here on that on on the on the Clarky deal. Uh, yeah. At first, I didn't want to do it, but I thought about it more, and I don't know. I could hold on to Clark and hope he plays more next year, but that very well might not happen. He's been a DNP so far in the playoffs. Um, he's pretty old too. He was like a four-year guy in college. Yeah. He um, was. He's 24. He'll turn 25 as the season's September 19th. Is so he younger or older than Xavier Tillman? Older, I'll bet. I think he's older. Because mm. I know Tillman was another kind of like four-year guy. But um, So you just think yeah, maybe Clark I, I never... Think Horford, I think Horford will be better for fantasy next year. Mm-hmm. He's pretty old, obviously, but um, he gives me another center, and I don't know, he... He threw in the 13th pick, which could be something, could be nothing. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, when I, Brandon Clark played 24 minutes a game this year, and that was with Jaron Jackson Jr. missing the entire season. He played 24 minutes? 24 minutes a game. And was Wow, ranked, I thought it was way less than that. Nope, 24. Um, he was ranked 107, which is fine, although his best category is turnovers, and that's not usually what you're looking for. Although Benson's team doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot, does it? No, I don't think so. So maybe that's... He, he did start to kind of rack up some defensive stats this year, which he hadn't done previously, which is a good sign, but... The steals, still... the steals were up from half a steal a game to 1.0, and the blocks maintained... 0.8 to 0.8, so that was all the same. Um, which, those are the things that he has to do in order to become fantasy viable. And if he hasn't done it in two years, I, I don't know. Like, probably not. It's said 1.8 combined steals and blocks? Yeah, last season. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's not great. It's not 
particularly no. good. He's basically neutral in both categories. But from Benson's team, he's got like guys like OG and Anubi, and I, don't, I can't think who else he has, but I feel like he's uh, Ben Simmons. He's got some guys that, that do get those defensive stats, and if you got a guy at the end of your roster getting 1.8 combined, yeah, and from, that's helpful. From, for the flock, getting those things from a small forward, because he always he has a ton of centers and no small forward. Yeah. You know, that helps. But I, I, I think Al Horford's better. Yeah. Better, La- but older. Better but older, and then the 13th pick, I don't know, it's probably not going to be good, but it might be good. Are you trying to flip that 13th pick, Bram, or are you, gonna, are you like excited to make three picks? Um, Right now, I think I'd like to flip it. I kind of think I'll hold on to it till like around summer league time. And people start getting it'll, excited about certain guys. Yeah, you'll yes. probably have more value then. Although, like, although you, you are the player or the manager who gets the most excited about summer league guys, so... I am, but... Kind of seems like you'll just want to keep it by that point. You'll just be so excited about dropping Kelly Olenek that, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that'll happen. There are are a lot of people who don't have first-round picks. Bram's just got to have James Booknight. He's just got to get him. If I were Bram, I would take James Booknight over Kelly Olenek at this point. Hmm? Don't know who that is. Haven't delved that deep into the draft yet. Um... Yeah, this this year was dark for me. I got I got I got very deep into the what this draft is. Um, poor Dallin. Poor Dallin. Uh, anyways, uh, anything else on that trade? I, I think I'll say I, I'd give the nod to Benson just because I, I have a little more faith in Brandon Clark and. I, but I'm also looking at it probably through a biased lens of a rebuilding team, and I don't have no use for Al Horford. Um, I'm gonna go to bat for Al Horford because people dump on him too much. I like but the guy. he was he was the 58th ranked player last year, and I know that like the joke was they didn't play him because he was too old, but that's not true. They didn't play him because he was too good. He was helping Oklahoma City win games and they wanted to lose. Um, they couldn't trade him because he still had a year on, on his contract, but that's no longer the case. So he'll play the first half of the season with Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and then he'll get traded to a team that actually wants him. He's not gonna have a high usage, but he's never had a high usage. He's never needed a high usage. No, he's that's not that's not what he does. I think he's. I feel pretty confident that he will be better than Brandon Clark next season. Mm-hmm. And since Brandon Clark is sort of maybe already in his prime, I don't know that he's ever going to be better than what Al Horford will be next year. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's, it, not, uh, it's not unfair. Yeah, and it's. I see merit for both sides on this one. I think I think that swing the swing uh, asset is that thirteenth pick actually, if he wants to make it. because yeah. that's that's it's sort of a mixed message because you've got Al Horford to help you next year. That's he's obviously not here for the long term, mm-hmm. but that number thirteen pick is almost certainly not going to help next year. So what exactly is the direction? There, is it to win or is it to build? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a rookie that I pick at thirteen. It probably wouldn't be. Yeah, that Could, is certainly true. Yeah. And also, I mean, everyone's so hyper-focused on the first five guys in the draft that they could fall asleep on the next Donovan Mitchell, whoever that is. Yeah. That is true. Um, All right. Well, then, um, moving on to the Yao Ming Dynasty versus... Not versus. The Yao Ming Dynasty... I guess versus. Sure, why not? Versus the Rainbow Riders. Two managers working together for their own mutual benefit. Bryce is over here tapping his feet along to the beat. Um, 
Well, where do you want to start here? All right, um, so the Yao Ming Dynasty trades the number three pick and the number four pick to the Rainbow Riders in exchange for number two, mm. Jeremy Grant, mm. Talon Horton Tucker, mm. Chuma Okiki, mm. and the Rainbow Riders 2024 first round pick. That's a long ways away. 24. It is. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Yao Ming Dynasty it takes the long view on these things. That's a lot of things to get. It is a lot of things to get. It kind of eats two, up all my roster spots. Two draft picks and three players. And you gave up two draft picks. What was the, What else did you give up? Just those two draft picks. I also dropped Emmanuel Quickly, Jalen McDaniels, well, that definitely... and DeAnthony Melton. And I should have offered those to you, Bram, as part of the trade because you picked up McDaniels. Yeah, and... but you... it worked out. Anyways, yeah, I didn't think about that though. But you you just got rid of three guys. So do you, do you even need to make a drop at this point? Or are you good to just draft three guys? I would need to drop somebody. No, I'm talking to Bram. Oh, Bram. Uh, I currently have twelve players on my roster, so I would need to drop two guys to make three picks. Oh. And you were gonna drop John Wall anyway, correct? And uh, I... no. Oh, okay. Um. Well, let's we'll stop talking about that trade. Can we it please matter. move on from John Wall, Kelly Olenek? Um, yeah, so, so what were you thinking on this one, Bram? Uh, well, I was, I was talking to Dallin after the trade, and so I gave up the number two pick, which was basically a throw-in from last year in a trade I did with Benson. It was Ricky Rubio for Warren, and that pick, which... I was supposed to be a playoff team, so it wasn't very valuable, but Wait, it turned out to be... He gave up War... He had Warren? Uh, Well, it was kind of a three-way. It okay. was Derek White. It was Derek White that turned into Warren. It ended up being Warren and the pick for Ricky Rubio. Ugh, yikes. And he got Derek White. Oh, he got Derek White and Rubio? Yeah, he got... Uh, so he got Derek White from me, and I got Warren from Jay. What did Jay get? Jay, I can't remember what Jay got. Eh, Jay's fine. Jay's doing okay. Uh, Okay, that's not as bad then. I was like, Rubio for Warren and the number two pick? Oof. But Derek White's nice. He's okay. He's nice enough. Um, He's one of my favorite players to never finish in the top 100. Yeah. Yeah. And then Horton Tucker and Okiki. Um, Yeah, I like them. I like them both. Those were just waiver wire guys, weren't they? They They're both waiver wire pickups for me. Um, One of whom I dropped. One of whom you dropped. Well, and he's back on your team. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Grant. Bring him back. Jeremy Grant, I guess, he's a bad stat, or good stats, bad team guy, which... I guess it's valuable for fantasy, but it's like how long is that? How long is yeah, that ride gonna last? You know, kind I, of a volatile situation, right? Like, yeah, who knows how long the ride will last? Yeah, I think maybe there's one more year uh, of Jeremy Grant, maybe, but I don't think I think that we've seen the best of. He can maybe maintain the best of for another year, but I don't know if he gets right. better from here. I don't agree with that. I, I think that he's like a big athletic forward who could cover both the three and the four. And that's, like, the most important thing that an NBA team can have. Like, like he's exactly the player that the Jazz 
wish they had. Or are you afraid of that, Suns. like, him getting traded and becoming kind of what he was in, like, Denver before? So to say, I was like, Denver could have used a nice, powerful forward. I think that he has proven to be better than that. Yeah. And I think that he's proven to, if he gets 30 minutes a game, to be a good player. He's played 30 minutes in his a game twice in his career now. He finished those seasons 74 and 81. Um, and I'm pretty okay with that. If he's a top 75 guy, that's a valuable thing. He's just turning... He just turned 27, and so like he's just now coming into his prime, so I think he can actually get better. So if he's actually 50 to 75 for a couple of years, for three, or I don't know, two of the next four years, and then 100 to 75 for the other two, that's a valuable piece to a team that's contending. It helps me to fill out my roster in a way that I would like to do that I haven't always done with kind of less exciting veterans. Uh, well... I'm obviously happy that you sold yourself on Jeremy Grant. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> would you would you make a lunch bet that Jeremy Grant is outside the top hundred, not this next season, but the season after? Uh, I don't think I would. No, I'm asking Bryce. No, I think he'll be a top hundred player for the next two years. I see. I I think he may be next year, but not the year after. Lunch bet? Sure. Lunch bet it is. You gonna remember for two years? We will have to post it to the thing, okay. and then who knows? Who knows who will remember that? I'm, I'm counting on Trevor to let me know. All right, I like it. At some point, Trevor, let me know who wins that in about seven hundred days. Set it, yeah. set, set it, set it on your calendar. Yeah. Uh, but uh, because I did that trade, I mean, obviously, I liked it. I'm, I'm very happy getting picks three and four. That's exciting. It is. It exciting. is exciting. I was really mad that Bryce was going to have, like, two very young future All-Stars on his team. I didn't like that. And now he's going to have one future All-Star and Jeremy Grant. Just kidding. Plus future All-Star Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh, where is it? No, Um, no, that was... I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, three and four are both really good. I think the top four in this draft class are gold. I think number five is very good. I think there's... Plenty of depth after One, that. One's but platinum. Three through two, two through three. four are gold and yeah, and uh, five is silver. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's some bronze. Um, I do kind of like having number two because a, it takes away some of the downside. If somebody has like a big injury, I don't get stuck with that somebody. I can just take, you know, some one of the healthy players. Also, I was a little. I, I view all three of the the. Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs as being roughly equal in value, but it's pretty close. push comes to shove, I would have taken I would take Mobley because of the position. I'm hurting for centers. I love. I think he's going to make his free throws, and so if I have a core of DeAndre Aiden, Evan Mobley, Chris Depps, Porzingis as just my centers going forward, they're all young. They all put up big man stats and. They all make their free throws. I really like that just from a team-building perspective. Plus, if Jordan decides that he likes somebody other than Cade Cunningham, I can get Cade Cunningham. I think he's the best prospect in the draft. Maybe Jordan just falls in love with Evan Mobley. If you told me everyone was going to hit their 90% upside, I would take Evan Mobley number one. Mm. Like, that dude's custom-made for fantasy basketball. Mm. Um, But who knows? But who knows? It... I don't think two is significantly more value than, valuable than three or four, but it is more valuable. Um, I gave up one of my hotshot rookies, but instead I got Chumo Kiki and Taylor Horton Tucker, and I really believe in both of them. 
you and I have kind of talked about three and D players, mm-hmm. uh, mostly as it pertained to like Moses Moody. A lot of that off the and air. I, yeah, yeah, a lot of it off the air. But um, I kept when I looked at the good. There's a difference between like the the good three and D players like. OG Ananobi, Mikael Bridges. Um, Mikael Bridges, Robert Covington, and then like the bad 3 and D players like Contavious Caldwell Pope, Darren White. Yeah. yeah. And like, but like, like Devin Vassell, I would put in that category. And so I'm like, what's the difference between the two? And it seemed, to, when I looked back at their college numbers, mm-hmm. the good players put up a ton of blocks and steals. Like, not good blocks and steals, but really good Matisse blocks Thibel and steals. numbers? Yes. And Chumokiki did that. Yeah, he's 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 coming off an ACL, but those usually take a year to come back. Kind of like what he looks sharp. Kind of like year. what uh, Ben was talking about. So I lo- I really like Chumo Kiki. I think he's got a he looks very OG Ananobi esque to me, and I think he's about ready to become good. There's obviously some concerns. His he played more power forward last year than small forward, and that's a team that doesn't need power forwards. They've mm-hmm. got Jonathan Isaac coming back so that I can eat into his minutes. And so maybe it doesn't happen with Chumo Kiki, but I feel pretty good making that bet. I would probably take him around like the 8 to 10 range in this year's draft if he were available. And I feel the same way about Chumo Ki- or uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who I think is a good basketball player, has a good fantasy game, and he's a restricted free agent. So either A, the Lakers are going to re-sign him, which will probably cost Dennis Schroeder, which will probably put Taylor Horton Tucker well, in that Well, isn't Dennis Schroeder talking about wanting to leave anyways? I don't know. I read that somewhere. That, that could, I, I don't follow Like he wanted to test free agency to see what he could get. He wants to get like a... If they, if they just drop Taylor Horton Tucker in Dennis Schroeder's role next year, I think he's a good fantasy player. Also... He or if somebody just offers him a ton of money, like they, he can be offered so much money that with the luxury tax, he would cost the Lakers like forty million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and so he they would have to let him go. Um, and the other thing is, Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs are all going to be twenty by the time the season starts, and that's how old Taylor Horton Tucker is. So he's still young, as young as a lottery pick. But he's shown flashes in the NBA of being a very good NBA player. So I feel really good about him. I, I, I would rather have Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green, but I feel really good about him. And then I've got the 2024 pick, which who knows what that'll be, but it's valuable. Let's not forget about that 24 pick. I never forget about my future draft pick. The whole league has a rooting interest in me making the playoffs that year. I've been rooting for you this whole time, Bram, and you've done nothing but disappoint me, so... <laughs> I'm rooting against you specifically next year, only because I have your pick and I have an interest there. Otherwise, yes, by 24, I, I expect you fully to be at the top of the league, Bram. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, you SOB. Uh, so, Bram, any, 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 did that spur any, any thoughts within you? Uh, Bryce just went on for quite a while. But I did, but it was for him. Well, I got like five things I had to talk about. You had to talk them. about each one. You had to touch on them. Uh, anything you want to touch on? Uh, I think we covered it. Uh, I'm I'm just happy. I'm ready for the draft. Ready to get my. It's so sad how ready I am for the draft. I just uh, uh, like I, I I do need the NBA draft to happen first. I need to see where these guys land. But like 
I do. I I'm do. Anxious. Like I Google Evan Mobley like five times a day just to see if there's a new news story on him. I'm like, come on, just tell me that he's gained ten pounds of muscle. Yeah. Just anything. Yeah. Are you are you kind of relieved that you don't have to make that decision now, Bram? Um. Yeah, I. Around when we did the uh, lottery, I was kind of thinking how it must be nice to be you and just have the decision made for you. It's always nice to be me. Mm, debatable. Not on Tuesday nights. Oh, <laughs> I have fun. It's Monday night. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, I think, did you have a direction that you were leaning? Um. Well, initially, like, out of ignorance, I didn't really like Mobley. I wasn't, I didn't think he was that good, but the more I looked into it, I really liked him, and I think you're right. He does have a very high uh, fantasy ceiling. But, yeah, I, I was really torn between the three. I don't know if I could say I was leaning any one way. I like all three of them. Well, I think you're right, Bram. All three of them are pretty equal. I think you're lucky not to have to make that decision at two and just take two really good guys at three and four. I told Bryce pretty early on I liked the trade for you, um, but it's close. I see it both sides. I, I will say I like that I'm getting a center and Bram is getting two guards. I feel like that's very on brand for everybody. If that's how it shakes out, which I expect it is, but we'll see. Yeah. Do you have? Did anybody else text you any comments on that? I know we had spoken to Ben Levitt, and he had mentioned maybe sending you a comment or two. Uh, a couple people text me and thought I did well on the trade. A couple people thought I did poorly on the trade. So I guess it's pretty even. Yeah. Of course, if that's how you judge trades, it's not. I value my opinion far more than the combined opinions of everyone else. And it served you well. I mean, yeah, I got sixth place this year. So, so <laughs> suck it. Suck at that. Suck at that, Brandon. Yeah, and Dallin yeah, and eight Kevin other guys that I Jordan, beat. Most of the league. Uh, all right. Well, Bram, thanks for coming on and sharing your opinions. I think you did pretty well on your on your trade. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I will be seeing you at Tuesday Ball as soon as my doctor clears me for such activity. <laughs> Can't wait to get you back out there, man. I'll give you two you, weeks. You, you should get Donovan Mitchell's doctor. He'll clear you whether you're ready to go or not. <laughs> Uh, well, if he's in the uh, greater metropolitan area, I'd like to give him a call. I doubt it. You could probably afford it. <laughs> I could probably afford it. I've got good insurance. All right, we'll talk to you later, Bram. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Nothing else to talk about. No other big trades oh, to discuss. Oh, a, a big trade Oh, but, but what? I kind of want to call Benson, even though he said not to. Uh, well, he did say he probably couldn't call in not definitely so you could call him right now what's what's it what's it hurting what's it hurting to at least give it a try on the air um i just gotta get that ready call benson cotter on speaker guess what i just did just now what? hello Hello? Uh, it's not working. Sorry, what did you just do? <laughs> I, uh, I caught a bullfrog. That's really cool. With my cool. bare hands. Yeah. Is there, is there a purpose for that? Um, well, so we're in St. George. I should probably let you know and, you're uh, also on the air, so this better be worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
He's being like broadcast on YouTube. Actually, I caught, I caught two bullfrogs. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they were really squishy, really cold. Oh. Did it, did it make your girls pretty happy and excited? Was it a fun moment? Well, unfortunately, they went out to bed. So I'm out here with some of my other nieces and nephews, though. You Is should this... go wake them up. I think they'd want to see you. Is this a foster family thing or a cotter family thing? Uh, foster family thing. That's too bad. I'm sorry. Just uh, well, let's. I was just get you. Let's let's let's. I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, no 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 no. <laughs> Are you talking to me, Taylor? I have no idea. I have got nothing. You really totally. should have one loaded up calling out Dallin for making you do that. <laughs> like that's yeah. the most obvious answer. Uh, no, I'll let you go. Enjoy your family trip. Tell Chelsea we said hi, and uh, you can. Well, enjoy this. I mean, did you want any uh, anything from? Uh... We, I mean, we got yeah, your, we, we, we got we, your text messages. We, I mean, uh, that we broke down week. one of your trades, the Brandon Clark trade. But we're about to talk about your trade with Dallin, and that's much bigger. So yeah, tell us. Yeah, what that you one's think. bigger. Yeah, the Brandon Clark one was just kind of like, why not? I was gonna have to drop someone for the draft, and I, there's a good chance I just would have picked him again with 13, whoever I dropped. <laughs> and so I didn't really care about that a, a whole lot. I was looking to trade it for a future pick, but and then Al Horford. Um, situation. Word word yeah. on the street is that he was in a little bit of a murky situation. Yeah, yeah, murky. So to me, it was like, yeah, now I can get a uh, what? a guy who's shown flashes and Brandon wow. Clark for that. So it made a lot of sense to me. I liked it for you, uh, and I, I, I I'm being told by our editors that it was hazy, uh, not murky. Uh, was the word? Yeah, I don't think I'd use the word murky. Um, I mean, it's a better description, but I mean, hazy gets the job done. So yeah, uh, and then the other trade that you guys are gonna break down. That that one is a little more um, controversial, high risk, but I, I still like that one too. Uh, I'll read that. So we haven't we haven't read that one, but that was the flock sending Lonzo Ball, Thomas Bryant, and Desert Storms 2023 first round pick to the East Mesa Trading Company for Jonathan Isaac, Al Horford, and Desert Storms 2021, which is number 13. Which so basically, Jonathan Isaac and Brandon Clark. Yeah. Well, no, because I don't think. I think Desert Storm's probably, uh, I think he's probably a pretty good team in 22-23. Well, I got the 23 pick. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he, flipped, not just... he flipped the other two assets oh, that yeah. I gave him for Blanning. Yeah, Blanning okay, Clark. you're right, you're right. So, so, I didn't no, you're good. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, I can get a good look at a butcher by sticking my head up a bolt. No, wait, it's got to be your bowl. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll break that one down in a little more detail. You, you enjoy those bullfrogs and those long nights in St. George. I really, really need to go wash my right hand. Um, I had like three different frogs, and I'm pretty sure one urinated. And I haven't, I have my hand, I'm basically holding it out like a foot or two from my body. And I, I'm not going to touch anything until I get some antibacterial soap on it. That is that is a rugged mountain man who could spend weeks on his. Yeah, everyone own, else, everyone sure. else was a little bit, a little bit scared, a little bit hesitant to reach down. And I just scooped down and grabbed those frogs. You know what that makes me want to say? I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Pantera, shut up. All right, boys. Looking forward to the pot on my drive home. All right. We'll talk to you later.
how poor simple Benson thinking he did well on that trade. Wow. I'm just kidding. So uh, so, so, what are your thoughts on it then, Dallin? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac's a pretty good get for the guy. Um, and if Brandon Clark, like I said, gets those 1.8 steals and blocks. I mean, like it's not like a huge contribution of steals and blocks, but it's something. And you're getting that at the end of your roster with the guys like OG and Ben Simmons and now Jonathan Isaac. It's 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 uh, He's going to compete in those categories. Um, but Lonzo Ball actually put up a lot of steals and al- always does. His steals... Last year, 1.5, 1.4, 1.5, 1.7. He's he very good at steals. He gets steals. Um, but the he also got he also improved his field goal percentage by making that trade, which was kind of addition by subtraction. Yes, that is very um, much true. And he needs to be good at field goal percentage given the, the other players that he's acquired and things that he's done. But enough talking about why he did well, why I did well. Um, looking it over, Jonathan Isaac, he was ranked 17th. I think the year he tore his Achilles, or no, uh, ACL, ACL. Mm-hmm. and before that he was ranked in the hundreds the last two years before that. Yeah. So I don't know what Jonathan Isaac is. I, I don't know if he's top 20. I don't know if he's top 120. I don't know. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle, like a 60 or 50. Um, if he can do top 20 going forward after twenty ACL, I think maybe Benson did pretty well in the trade, but... Looking at Lonzo Ball's rankings, uh, he's just only improved every year. Like, he's only ever gotten better. Um, his rankings improved significantly. Significantly, I don't know what my team build's going to be just yet, but I, I think that uh, Ball's a better gamble than Aunt Isaac, or, or at least will not it, it not be so bad of a loss that, you know what I mean? Like, it'll either end up being, like, roughly the same player ranking, or Ball will be better. Um, I actually, I, I spoke with both of you while this trade was being broken down as I was like driving You have around. an interesting perspective and, on that. And, and one thing I told both of you was, I'm not sure how good Jonathan Isaac is mm-hmm. because of what you just said. Like he, he was, he was like my favorite guy in the draft that year. Mm-hmm. I loved, I, 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 I really like Jonathan Isaac, but he finished outside the top 100, and then he had this launch from 106 up to 17. And that's pretty much entirely because of the block rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was looking at that, and it's got me a little worried for Jonathan Isaac. So if we look at block percentage, which mm-hmm. I like to look at, it, it neutri- if you're just looking at blocks per game, it assumes that everyone's game is the same, and that's foolish because... It ignores minutes played, and it also ignores pace, because some teams will play a bunch of possessions in a game and some significantly fewer. Um, but looking at it on a percentage basis, um, what percentage of his defensive possessions end in him blocking a shot? Rookie year, 4.5. Sophomore year, 4.1. And then his third year, the one where he broke out, was 7.2, mm. which is really high. Yeah. And, like, it's hot. There's always somebody that does that. I looked at a couple of, you know, the last couple seasons, and there's usually like three or four guys in that range or higher, mm-hmm. but it's really high. I mean, over the last two years, Rudy Gobert has not blocked that many shots mm-hmm. uh, on a percentage basis. And so the big question with Jonathan Isaac is, is he actually going to be that? Is he going to be the guy who's blocking two plus shots a game? And I just don't think that's likely. But I mean, what we, we don't know. It's I mean, it's it's possible. And one thing he's you, got the tools to do it. He's showed it. He could, you know what I mean? But yeah, like, but, but to be a better shot baller than Rudy Gobert? No, like, I mean, I agree. Shot blocking tools you. are not superior. Um, but one thing you mentioned is 
what happens if he gets moved to center? Because if he gets moved to center, he becomes a lot better. He, yeah. That gives like him more blocks. Like small ball lineups where... And honestly, he could. I think he's seven feet tall now. Yeah. And he's put he on weight. I think so. He's really tall. <laughs> I mean, they don't list him as that because they don't measure him every year. But yeah. um, he's really tall. He's I, I think he is tall enough to play. And, and it's 2021. Like, P.J. Tucker plays center mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, things happen. Yeah. Um, if he if he get if he moves to center, then his blocks go up. His and maybe blocks going up means they just stay the same. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it means that his unsustainable blocks become sustainable blocks. It also bumps his rebounds up. But for Jonathan Isaac to be good, he to be this valuable, he needs to block a lot of shots. Also, his steals were up significantly. Um, once again, if we look at steals percentage. It was, it, I don't know, it, it was 2.6, and his, for his career, it's 2.0. So not crazy. Yeah. But if he loses a third of a steal and two-thirds of a block, then I think you see him go from 17 down to around 50. And at that, you know, if we're talking about that, then he's basically the same as Lonzo Ball. And and, and something I was going to say, I, I part of the reason I made the trade, too, um, is... If he were to offer me Lonzo Ball for Jonathan Isaac, I don't know if I'd accept the deal. I would really have to think about it, though. I would. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't know if I would accept it or not. There's a chance I would. Um, I think I might. Um, but if he offered me Horford for Thomas Bryant, I would take Thomas Bryant, uh, just being where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I think Horford's a better player any one year, but I'd take the gamble on the long play of Bryant over Horford at this point. And then if he offered me Ben Fredericks 23, which we don't know what that's going to be yet for Ben Fredericks 21, which we know that's 13, I'm taking that. Yeah. So I think like there's like two of those three things I'm definitely taking, and one of those three things I'm probably taking. Maybe I don't. And that was for me like the 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 whole deal together was like yeah I got to do this. Yeah. And and I will say like I kind of was down on Jonathan Isaac, and like is he sustainable? But. That last season when he did that, uh, he was 22 years old. It's a little silly to say that he he hit his peak at 22 years no, old. How many, how, many, how many players do that? Like yeah. Tyreek Evans, maybe? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Who, pretty... by the way, is now eligible to re-enter the NBA. Oh, good for him. It's been two years since his two-year ban. Good for him. No, I, Jonathan Isaac certainly is extremely valuable. I think his upside is higher than... Obviously, his upside is higher than Lonzo Ball. We've seen him finish the season mm-hmm. at 17. Um... But it, it, it is risky because of the blocks. Another risk that he carries is the injuries. I don't like to call somebody injury prone, but in four seasons he's played 126 games. And it should that's, be... That's like a season and a half worth of games in four should years. should be like 300-something games. That's worrying. Yeah. That's and Lonzo Ball's been pretty healthy. Lonzo Ball's been pretty healthy. And he's he has, missed, he's he missed has a little time himself. But... Um, but what was so like? Can you go through Lonzo Ball's rankings over the last couple of years? Lonzo Ball's over the last four four years ago, which I believe was rookie year, right? Uh, yeah. Number seventy eight. Next year one thirty three. Next year seventy five. And then this season forty nine. So kind of an outlier year that second year. Uh, yeah. Was he still in Los Angeles? That was his last year in L A. Okay, so he was getting kind of nudged out, and then yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like it. Uh, so, yeah, the steals are pretty consistent with ball and the assists are pretty consistent with ball his real growth has been in the three-pointers yeah is that real or not 
I, I think so. Did you see me he attempts a game that went way up? It, yeah, it really has. And so it's not like he got better at shooting; he just started shooting more of them. Well, and he did get better at shooting them. Like he shot like a little bit. He shot uh, a higher percentage and a higher volume, and that's obviously a very good sign. Yeah, I mean, I would be remiss. I, I, I know we're a very classy show, but having Lamelo Ball and Lonzo Ball gives me the only. Uh, I'm the only team with two balls. Um, I just would be a little remiss without mentioning that, as several managers have pointed out to me. Lonzo Ball's three-point percentage over his career. <laughs> so 30.5 his rookie year, 32.9, 37.5, 37.8. Okay. For a career total of 35.3. That's so, fine. Like, it's trending up, and his attempts have been trending up. 5.7, down to 4.9 in his second year, but then up 6.3, and then 8.3 last 8. year. So his highest volume and his highest efficiency. I think he just brings year. the ball up the court, and then if there's nothing to do, he shoots three. He's like, oh, I'll just shoot a three. Maybe. Honestly, I think his best ball is... I think he's best off the ball. Really? Kind of like Tyrus Halliburton, because he just can't beat his man, and he doesn't ever get down... To the but if you hit him in the elbow, he can make a he can make a pretty slick pass here. Or there. Yes, and so if they run like point hit Zion, the three or, if yeah. they run point Zion, and then the defense collapses on Zion because you have to, and then you kick it out to Lonzo Ball, you can rely on Lonzo Ball to make a good decision. Whether it's shooting a three or hitting somebody else. Yes, or you just let him run in transition. And so if, if that's your offense, is like Lonzo Ball pushes the pace in transition because he's very good at that. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't get a transition bucket out of that, you reset, get it to Zion, let Zion do something. And he's just like an outlet. I think that's how the, the 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 bones of a good offense. Now, how would you rank? How would you rank my three guards? Halliburton, Ball, Ball. Um, this is off the top, off top of my head. I'd go Lamelo, Lonzo, Halliburton. Okay, you like Lonzo more than Halliburton? Yeah. Um, I worry, like, Halliburton was really good when he was shooting really good. Mm-hmm. But there were, you know, he was like 40-something percent from three, and he wasn't really that in college. So we'll, we'll see. I worry about that a little bit. But with Ball, I feel like there's just more of an established track record. Mm-hmm. And he's still very young. So yeah, he's only like twenty three. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna beat somebody up for being twenty three years old, especially when they've shown the growth. Like yeah. he's shown the growth that you're hoping Tyrese Halliburton shows. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I would. I would take Lonzo, but they're all all three quite valuable. Just in that mix. Yeah. Well. Also, we we talked about Lonzo's shooting, um, the field goal percentage going up, but the free throw percentage has also gone up forty five, and then down to forty one in that last year in L A. when things just weren't right. Then up to 56, and then last year, 78. Oof. It's all really low volume, but it does kind of speak to a player who is Trying growing in confidence and improving in his skill set. Yeah. So I kind of like all that. Um, and then I... And he's getting further removed from all the drama that surrounded him and his dad in Los Angeles. Like, yeah. the further you get away from that, the better it's going to be for him. And honestly, like, I know I dump on Benson a lot. But that 2023 first... There needs to be a drop just for that. Just for the fact that you dump on Benson. Oh, that's De- oh, sorry. That's Desert Storm's 2023. I was thinking it was the Flocks. Yeah. It would, I would rather have the Flocks. But it is a more valuable pick than the, the 13th pick. Yeah. So I don't know what 13, the 23 pick is going to be. It could be lottery. It could be 13 again. I don't know. But if I trade for 13 this year for 13 in two years, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but uh, so, do, who do you think is there? Is there anybody? Do you have any winners or losers for any of these trades? I don't know if you've declared anything. Um, I think I like that last one better for you. Like I say, Jonathan Isaac could be. If if, if you told me Jonathan Isaac was the most valuable piece out of that trade, 
then I would believe you. Like yeah. that's 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 a very reasonable stance, but I don't know that there's enough difference. And yeah. I do think or enough that evidence. I, I feel like he has a lot more risk on his side. And so I think I would go with you. But that one's honestly I think all of them are close. Mm-hmm. Um Wall for Olenek, who cares? I don't. Clark for Horford and thirteen. I don't know. I mean like I say, I, I, I think it's kind of We'll see what 13 becomes. I don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then my pick, or number, me trading three and four for a bunch of stuff. I like my end of that. I think that I've got... You better. You made the deal. Yeah. I think number two is better. Grant's useful. Horton Tucker and Okiki. Um, you made some good points on Horton Tucker and Okiki tonight that made me kind of think. I think both of them can should be treated similarly to how we treat rookies, mm-hmm. and I think they're both good at that. Well, you got rid of what? It was quickly, Melton. quickly McDaniel's and Melton for Okiki, Horton Tucker, and yeah Grant. That, I mean, just that alone, just just that. Let's leave the picks out of it, which you can't. But mm-hmm. dissect it a little bit here. Just the players that you were able to shuffle in and out of your roster on that deal was it was a big deal. Yeah, I do like it a little bit better for Bram, but I think. I'm we're we're underselling a little bit the fact that you got rid of some I don't know I in my opinion well I was I was getting rid of those guys anyway stuff because I was I was getting rid of those guys anyway because I had two three draft picks yeah now you got so, one now I've got two I still have number fourteen oh yeah yeah we'll we'll talk yeah probably will um, I did want to mention though because I know that like I'm the captain of loving draft picks like, yeah a lot of that I, I I do believe that's the best way to get stars and if you want to be a champion, you got to have stars, and so get them through the draft. But also, I do it because I like the draft. Like yeah, I, I, I watch fun. more high school and college basketball than I do pro basketball because I like the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to realize that, like, we've if if you look back at draft history, there are a lot of really crazy reasons that a lot of really good draft prospects have busted, mm-hmm. and so all of these guys very much carry the risk to be useless. Like I, I, I may. We well, think Jalen Suggs is going to be this great prospect, but he yeah, could, I think I think Suggs, Green, Mobley, I think they're all great, but there's a good chance that one of them is not great, and there's a chance there's there's a like very real told, chance that one of them is useless. Like you, you told me that two of those guys, like of those three guys that you just mentioned, one of them's an all star in the future, one of them's like kind of like Andrew Wiggins, like still in the league but not like what you thought he'd be, and the other guy's playing in China. I believe you. It's not it's not shock. I mean. I don't know that any of them are... I think they're all on like a Mark Hill Fultz level prospect, and that mm-hmm. guy was a bust and has never been good. Hashtag, uh, what is it, Keyboard Cat? Yeah. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever. A cat so clever as a And, like, none of them are as good as Greg Oden was. No. And he, he, I don't think any of them are as good a prospect as Michael Beasley was. Like, Michael Beasley was a <laughs> really that? good prospect. <laughs> and, and then he was just like, ah, I'd rather smoke weed than practice. And he was never good. Yeah. And so, like, all of these guys carry a lot of risk. I saw a video recently where Greg Oden was walking on a college campus somewhere or something, and some lady walks up to him and says, Do you, do you play professional basketball? And he looks at her, he smiles super nice, and just says, I-, I used to. And then she goes, oh, okay. And she just, like, walks away. And the, his face, after she walked away, was just like, oh, I hate my life. 
And I felt so bad for the guy, but it was also kind of funny. Just the Poor way that Greg it like, played out. Um, yeah, but I mean, you're right. I think these no, guys we, could fizzle yeah. out. So, so getting Val, I don't know. I just... I suspect that of these top five guys that everybody's talking about, three of them to pan out, two of them not to. Mm-hmm. I just don't know which two are. reasonable. I should, my, if you had made me guess, I would think Jalen Suggs and Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga are the two that don't work. But it could well, be Mobley and And, and, and what does pan out even mean? And, like, if, pan out in the, in the sense that, like, like, these guys, like, I don't know. Well, Jonathan Isaac was the 17th ranked player per game two years ago. I really like Jalen Green. I don't know that Jalen Green's ever going to be better than the 17th ranked player in fantasy, though. Mm. So, like, even if he pans out and has a really good career, he might not ever be as good as Jonathan Isaac. That's a good question. What is panning out? Everybody, when you hear this podcast, go to Discord. Tell us what your definition is of definition of panning out is. I want to know. It uh, Well, I, I think it all depends, my take at least, is it all depends on what the expectations are. And we are treating the expecta- like these top four or five picks as really high expectations. We, are, we, are, we have priced the draft picks such that they have to be very good in order to pan out. Full disclosure, I hated draft night, draft lottery night, and I wish with all my heart I could have ended up with one, if not two, of the top five picks. That being said, with the drafts like this, or like the year where you had the first or second pick when Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins were there, you almost have the decision made for you by everybody else in the world and what's happening in the NBA and what happens at the draft. In my situation at 7 and 8, I can take whoever I want. I can take the guys that I have confidence in personally. I would rather have 3 and 4. I'd rather have Green and Suggs. I think that they're going to be better than whoever I get at 7 and 8. But the point is, is that, that decision's not made for me. I can make whatever decision I want to make yeah. at 7 and 8. Um, it, I mean, you could take Scotty Barnes at 4. But yeah. be stupid I, th- I think it would be wacky <laughs> no i just uh as, as we talk about like the value of all these things that yeah. have been traded i think it's important to re- remember how much downside there is in a draft pick yeah that you could invest a lot into some into a draft pick and it turns into a a horrible player on your roster for two years and then you drop him well that's something benson talks about all the time benson doesn't really ever make draft picks he's, he doesn't like high, making high draft picks he'll trade them before he makes them and he like i mean he's kind of like a bird in the hand is worth two more than two in the bush type person mm-hmm. he'll, he'd rather have the horton tucker and chumo kiki because you've seen what they can do than whatever Suggs is going to be yeah wow well, he'd rather have Jerry grant yeah but yeah i get what you're saying and i think there's validity to that yeah. So just food for thought. I don't know. We'll probably have a draft episode, I guess, since I've already nope, told Nope, this every- is it. Oh, since I've already told people who I plan on drafting, I yeah. can have a draft episode. Yeah. Um, is there anything uh, that you would say somebody sh- maybe should regret from these trades? Anything so egregious that... No, I'm sorry. I know you want there to be, but there's not... <laughs> Oh, well, if there is, this is Um, I will say, Jay hit me up on Saturday asking for a draft order, and I told him I would have it done today. Maybe it was Friday. Either way. Oh, like a full draft order? Full draft order. I haven't done that yet. I need to talk with Dallin and Trevor to figure that out. But and, uh, and it will happen. Yes, I'm yet? so. I just, I just wanted to apologize to Jay for not following through on my work. Of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. <laughs> It's my favorite. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Well, we'll get a draft order soon. I think, off the cuff, it's Jordan, Bryce, Bram Bram, Jay, 
Josh, Dallin, Dallin. Uh, Jordan. Jordan. No, it's whoever has Taylor's pick. Taylor's, which I think is Josh. Josh. Then Jordan. Jordan. Pick. Uh, and then I don't know who has 11. Uh, whoever Ed lost to in the playoffs. Or Ben in, Levitt. Oh, okay. So then Ben Levitt's pick, which is Kevin. I don't know. I figured I, I had Kevin this... and then me and then Bram and then you. Okay. The the real question was the second round because I think like eleven of those uh, picks have been traded. That's and just... some of them multiple times and on the spreadsheet we can two people have your draft pick. It's we'll have we'll have it. Sorry, Jay. It'll We'll it'll, get that it'll for you, Jay. Uh anything else you want to add on any of these trades or any um anything anything brewing? Nope. Okay. Well, I hope everyone has enjoyed what has been a most enjoyable podcast. Uh, And we'll talk to you next time. science going to find a cure for a woman's mouth? Now, Jenna, medically speaking, for your height, your weight puts you in what we call the disgusting range. Fortunately, there are solutions. For example, crystal meth has been shown to be very effective. I already know the results. The kid is not mine. Boy, it's crazy to think we used to settle questions of paternity by dunking a woman in water until she admitted she made it all up. Hmm. <laughs> Different time, the 60s. I owe you an apology, Trey. This is Dr. Leo Spachemin. Hi, I work with Tracy Jordan, and I think he's having a reaction to some of the medication you put him on. Uh, I was afraid this might happen. You know, he's on so many different neuroleptics and tricyclics that there's no telling how they'll mix. But what can you do? Medicine's not a science. I don't know how to say this. D-A-B-T's? Diabetes? Can you read the top line over there? Dear Dr. Spichemin, thank you for your submission. The New England Journal of Medicine does not publish X-rated cartoons. Well, why not? <sighs> so frustrating. But at least I heard it from a friend. The clarity of our voices has been brought to you by Desert Storm.